So you want me to blow your mind? Uh, you know Brock from Pokemon? The reason why he's so promiscuous throughout the series is because he's a Pokemon breeder. He's a breeder. He's a big, big fan of the deed. Big fan. That is why, he, he, not just with Pokemon, he's a fan of it with Pokemon. He's a fan of it in real life. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Racer Radio. This is Ryan Painter. I got Jordan over on the line. Uh, we got a lot to break down. Hey, are you referring to yourself as slightly being Brock? Because, I mean, you do have Nurse Jenny. It, no, you can't relate that because the officer is Jenny, the, the nurse is Joy. Doesn't okay. quite fit. Doesn't quite fit. They're almost the same thing. And we'll be honest here for a minute. If anyone who was the ladies' man between the two of us, it was not me. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Not saying you were. I'm just saying I was definitely not. <laughs> so also got a guest uh, guest uh, attendee here. Got my son, Zach, sitting on my lap. Um, he's currently spitting out his pacifier. <laughs> um, so first thing we wanted to, to chime in on, um, obviously it's Pride Month. And uh, big news this week is that Caleb Nassib, former Penn State alumni, big fan of his when he was there, uh, came out as openly gay. And the support of him has been amazing. I don't know if you've seen that. It's a big deal. Um, and that's really cool that a lot of people went out of their way to support him. Um, but I wanted to address something. You see a lot of companies, organizations, whatever you want to call them, businesses, uh, fly in the flag this month in in support of Pride Month. Now, we are of the mind that we just support everyone, anyone and everyone. Um, we are not discriminatory in any means. Uh, if you want to come and talk to us about racing, you want to talk to us about fitness, you want to talk to us about fishing, uh, football, MMA, whatever it is, we're, we're going to, you know, we don't care who you are, what you are. We, we don't care. That is not a judge of your character. Um, now, the reason why we don't go out of our way to, to show that kind of support in any means, like you won't see us doing this for this, for, for Pride Month. You won't see us doing this in for gun support. You won't see us doing this for very much of any of these uh, these support groups in any month or whatever. Number one, there's way too many. We wouldn't be able to keep up. Sorry. Uh, number two, um, and this this is this is the main reason why that I feel this way. There's a lot of companies this month that, I, and I'm not going to name anyone because I could be totally wrong, but I think that I'm still right in saying that there's a number of companies that are profiting off of their support, um, that they don't truly care. They're not really in support of these groups and they just do this as a money grab or as a means of not losing money by, by not saying their support. Um, and I feel like it's, it's not authentic. Um, I could name some ones that specifically uh, caught my eye, but I, I don't want to put anyone on blast. I just want to address this, you as the listener can go out and kind of put an eye on some of these things. Like, what do these, what do these organizations do in the rest of the year? Do they only care during this month because it's it's a profit for them? Well, we're not we're not about that. We are not going to discriminate anyone for any reason. Um, not like this. Now you know go you go and you know you you hurt someone physically for no reason. Like that's a different story. But this this. Like, honestly, I, my opinion, um, to give the Caleb Nassib as an example, it's great that he comes out and, uh, and is uh, honest about who he is and what he, how he feels. We're not really going to be where we need to be until someone can come out and say that this is how they feel. And it's kind of like a, like, oh, oh okay, like, like, cool story. It's not a big deal. Because it's a big deal, we're not where we need to be. And that, that's my feelings on it right now. It shouldn't be a big deal right now, but it is. And, you know, we're kind of behind the eight ball in some countries, but we're still way farther ahead than a lot of countries. Um, so I wanted to, to just speak on that um, before the month was out, just to, to address it on my feelings and how I feel some companies are not authentic about it.
Yeah, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I mean, a lot of companies do put their, uh, their, um, for like the month or the month or the week or, you know, whatever, they'll put it out there just to show, hey, we support you. But, you know, what are they doing the rest of the time to prove that? Nothing really. All they do is maybe nothing specific, but they'll maybe change a soda can or they might change the way their logo looks or something like that or, you know, put a flag up for a month. And it's just, like you said, in my opinion, it's just to draw people in to make more sales because they're afraid if they don't do it, that they won't get, you know, the sales out of, out of the people that they normally would. So I'm, I'm 100% with you on that. My, my one criticism of the, I'm, I'm going to say the LGBT community. I know there's a billion other letters, but that's kind of the point. Um, but I got on Les Mills app the other day and I swear like the whole alphabet was on my, uh, on the feed like twice I, I had no idea what all the denominations were and I'm sorry I'm like I I know everyone kind of falls in the spectrum everyone has everyone feels a little different like this is not exclusive to these groups everyone is a slightly different in in their sexuality and so it's like I, honestly I looked at that and I'm like I have no idea what nine of these letters are and so I'm not saying that I'm not trying to be hypercritical I'm just saying that as an outsider I had to look it up and I didn't understand. So maybe that's my one criticism is it's like, it's gotten so expansive that I don't even know all the things anymore. And it's really, really hard to keep up because every, every day there's another thing. So it's not really a criticism. It's just an observation that somebody like me, who's, who's not well read on the subject, it's very hard for me to keep, keep up with everything going on in it. So, but that's yeah. just my opinion. When, when I heard about, um, I don't know his name, but when I heard about the NFL player saying about he was coming out and, you know, everybody wanted to give their opinions on how they felt. Well, you know, good for him. I'm glad he could do that. But again, like you said, why do we really need to make a big deal out of it? He's a normal person, whether he's gay, straight, what, whatever it is, he's still a normal person. And, you know, me and you have always been raised to judge people by their character and the respect they give you. So it, until mainstream media is not going to exploit someone just because they come out as gay that, that's all i feel that they're doing is exploiting it and making it bigger than it needs to be i mean you know they're like gay people are around everywhere and they should be able to blend in they shouldn't have to stand out or someone exploit them just because they're gay like i hope he has a great career in the nfl i mean I hope everybody has a great career in the NFL because it takes them forever to get there and it takes a lot of hard work and effort. So I don't feel like he should be exploited just because he's gay and now they're going to move him up the ladder or he's always going to be under the, the spotlight because of this or that. Like he's a player. He worked hard to get to where he is, you know, let, let it be that, let him do his thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? He, he, he shouldn't be la labeled as a, gay football player he should be labeled as a pretty awesome football player so that it has i mean and it has nothing to do like but now to, to the credit it it does need to be blown up right now it does need to be a big deal because it's still a big deal when people come out it's you know it's widely talked about widely hyped but i i just feel like until we get to a point where it's just like it's not I, news anymore it's like it's just it's okay like we like cool, good for you, but eh, that's when we're really where we need to be, where it's really accepted. Yeah, I mean, I like I said, I give him, you know, kudos for having all the courage in the world to come out on the platform he's on. I, I completely understand that, you know, it's a big deal for people to know when you're in such a position that he is. But again, we shouldn't all be sitting there like, oh, wow, this guy's gay. That makes me feel different. No, he's a football yeah. player for the NFL, and he's going to play just like every other, you know, player does in the NFL. Yeah, and maybe my sight is, is limited. I feel like, like, I don't know a lot of people in my circle where I work, where I hang out. Like, I don't know anybody who's very, who feels differently because of people feeling like that. Most everyone I ever talk to is like, whatever. Like, it's, that, that's, that's your thing. That's cool. 
Um, but I think I, I feel like the people who are against it are very vocal about it. And so it kind of, it, it shows up more than what the numbers actually really are. So I um, wanted to, to touch on that, but we're going to move on. Um, like we promised, uh, we'll talk about vacation fitness. So a common question is how can I not lose everything I'm doing in the gym while I'm, uh, while I'm away, I'm going to the beach for a week, going to the mountains, whatever the case might be, going to see the family. Um, so number one, don't worry about it. <laughs> if, if you're going for a week, you're not going to lose the, the, any gains. You're not going to lose much anything. And uh, we're actually going to talk about vacation nutrition next week, just a heads up. So I just wanted to touch on fitness here, but you, if you're gone for a week, don't stress about it. Like it's okay to be away for a week. You don't lose that quickly. The that in fact, what you lose is when you come back and the motivation is really hard to, to get back into the flow of things. And it's not just getting in, getting your fitness in, it's, you know, getting into the workflow, getting your sleep schedule back onto normal. All of that is hard to get back into. So first of all, if don't stress about it. If it's not something you want to fit in, um, if you want to just enjoy yourself, don't worry about the fitness thing. But if it's important to you, you want to get that in, um, here's some little tidbits of, of how to get in. First of all, if uh, it's the simplest thing is just go for a walk, go for a run. If you're at the beach, just go for a walk, go for runs every single day. Just be active, uh, spend some time. Why are you laughing? Because I'm just remembering you jumping up and down on the balcony, and it's it's just it's shaking the whole hotel room. <laughs> well, well, that that was important to me, and I enjoyed it. But that see, that's that's the important thing. You have to enjoy what you're doing. If you're not enjoying it, that's what you're on vacation to do. You're on vacation to enjoy yourself. So, you know, don't shake the balcony down if you're not enjoying it. Um, yeah, when, when you're ten feet away in a room, and all you hear is. Doom. Doom. <laughs> and you're not sure where it's coming from or why it's happening. So uh, just give you just give you some examples. So go for a run. And so if you're at the if you're at the beach, if you're in the mountains, go find somewhere scenic to run. Like don't just go and go for a run. Go and find somewhere that's a fun place to see and fun place to enjoy the sights. You know, you don't even have to push yourself. Just go out and be active. Um, so that's a suggestion. Um, number two, bring a bike or rent a bike, you know, especially if you're at the beach, there's plenty of places to rent, uh, bicycles. So, you know, in Ocean City where we love to go, rent a bicycle, ride up and down the boardwalk. Uh, me and Jenny last year, we rode from the, uh, if you're familiar with Ocean City, we rode from the bus lot in West Ocean City all the way up to Delaware. We did it a couple times. It was a great morning ride. Huh? That's aggressive. It really is not. It's really not. It's it's then, not that far. Are you talking about the, the one right on the other side of the 50 bridge? Yeah. Uh, we, yeah, that's we rode down, down to the inlet, up on the boardwalk, rode all the way up the boardwalk, and then all the way up to 144th Street and back. Yeah. And it was a great ride. It was like, you know, come we riding on the boardwalk at sunrise. It was really, really nice scenic ride. Um so that's a couple of pieces of advice. Number number three, um, if you have a streaming service, like if you're signed up to Less Mills on Demand, Beachbody, uh, if you're with the YMCA I'm with, we have virtual classes. Um, get with some kind of an organization that has virtual classes. Bring them up on your phone. Just do them from the balcony in your hotel room. Do them yeah. from outside of your camp, wherever you're at. Just find some space. Um, I did this not only uh, when I went to see Jordan in Myrtle Beach, um, did this in Ocean City outside of my mom and dad's camper, just right beside the camper was doing body combat, just out there flailing around like a moron with people I'm sure being like, what's he doing over there? Um, He's fighting the air. Yeah. Uh, another suggestion, uh, and I, I tout this all the time, but it's so versatile. Rather than be uh, taking along kettlebells and dumbbells and plates and bars and all that stuff, 
get you the TRX. That TRX system is super versatile. You can throw it in your sat in your in your suitcase. Uh, takes up virtually no room, and you can get a complete resistance workout just from the TRX. Um, if you'd like more information on that, look back through, find the TRX episode, and it goes into depth. Um, but you know, I love the TRX for what it does, how versatile it is, how scalable it is on the fly. Uh, it's probably if you if that's the number one piece of equipment. If you're going to take something with you, I suggest getting a TRX. And finally, another suggestion, go find, uh, for example, again, saw, centering it on Ocean City, just because I know it so well. Um, there's a lot of places at a lot of beaches that'll do like a stand-up paddle boarding, uh, like a tour, guided area through the backwaters. Through, through bays or little rivers and things like that. Um, so rent a stand-up paddleboard, go to a, a morning yoga class. There's ones everywhere. Go and learn how to surf, uh, skimboard, boogie board, swim in the ocean. Just anything you can do to stay active. Look up some things and it, it costs absolutely nothing. Rather than sitting on the beach and sitting down in the chair, watching the waves uh, with a beer in hand, or my my tie, whatever you know, whatever you like. Get up, get in the water, and be active. It's the easiest thing to do, and you don't need to be super intense about it. But enjoy the water, enjoy the waves, enjoy the sun. Don't just sit there like a beach bum. Go do something. If you are going to skimboard, though, just make sure you know where the nearest hospital is in case you break your arm. Yeah, or your ankle. Yeah. Just throwing that out there because I am not very good at that. I'm also not very good at paddle boarding. Tried that too up at uh, my grandparents' lake house and not very good at that either. So <laughs> maybe you'd be better off at renting a kayak. Yeah. Or just, or just running in the sand <laughs> or, or just sitting on, on the beach with a beer in hand, like you were talking about. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm the kind of person like I like to come back from my vacations needing a vacation. Like I need to go back to work to chill out. I love to fit so much stuff in. I'm up at the crack of dawn. Like last year I said, me and Jenny were out riding bikes. I want to be fishing. I want to be in the water on a board, uh, swimming, paddleboarding, something. I, I want to be on the water, in the water, around the water all the time. Um, yeah, that's how, we, that's how we've always been though. This still applies in, in the mountains, like go hiking, even like, going ATVing, off-roading, something, whatever, that's, you know, it's still a physical act. So yeah. uh, just go do something. But again, you're going for a week. A lot of people go for a week. You don't miss anything. Don't stress out about it too much. If you stress out about it and try to fit it in, you may not enjoy your vacation quite as much. And that's what you're there for. So you know, just if, if it makes you happy, do it. If it's not making you happy, go do something else. Go get some crab legs. Don't worry about it. Yeah, seafood's not bad to eat either. So definitely uh, go well, for the crab legs. We'll touch on that next week, but I would, it blew my mind. I started eating flounder again, and it was like 80 calories of filet. I was like, God, I, I, I had one. I was like, oh, man, this is not enough. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say you you need to bulk up on a couple. Yeah, a little bit. That's that's why they serve it with hush puppies and, and yeah. French fries. That's where you get the calories. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna turn it over to Jordan for the dirt. Don't All forget right. SRX. Uh, yeah, I had to. Uh, sorry, I was watching uh, Dirt Vision there. Um, because the Outlaws are on right now at Jackson Motorplex. In case anybody's wondering, um, Donnie shots just flip, which is something you don't also hear a lot. Um. But so we'll uh, start with the uh, local racing, or I guess I'll finish with the uh, All-Stars from last week. So the uh, Ohio Speed Week finished up last week. Uh, Saturday, the, the winner of the race was Paul's to the Wall, Paul McMahon. Um, some people call him the mayor now. I don't know why, but um, he ended up passing Danny Dietrich on a last lap pass um, for the win. So, uh, but Tyler Courtney got the overall last lap as he won Ohio Speed Week, um, which is really cool for him in his rookie all-star season. Um, then uh, we go to the Outlaws Saturday night was at Beaver Dam Raceway. And this one, this track is a 
it hits home because this is where Jason Johnson uh, lost his life at. Um, but uh, Sheldon Hodenshield picked up the win there uh, Saturday night at, at Beaver Dam Raceway. Um, and then the Outlaws have actually raced uh, Monday and Tuesday of this week. And David Gravel picked up the win on Monday. And I'm drawing a blank on actually who picked up the win on Tuesday at this point. Um, but neither one of them was, was Kyle Larson. Um, so I think it was Aaron Reitzel picked up the win. They were both at Houston Speedway. Nice little bull ring. I don't know if you've ever seen it, um, but definitely a nice little bull ring. They run about nine to ten seconds around it. So it's kind of hauling, hauling tail around there. Um, but they're racing tonight and tomorrow at Jackson Motorplex. Um, to local racing, last Friday, the winner was Lance Deweese. Picked up his 101st career win at Williams Grove. Then Saturday night at Lincoln Speedway, Robbie Kendall picked up his first win of the year. I think he said it was his first win since 2017, so it was good to see him back in the winner's circle. Um, yeah, it was it was really awesome. Lincoln was fast. A lot of different players than normal. Uh, a lot of guys had to come from the back, so it was it was really nice to see. Um, and then I want to go to SRX, which was at Knoxville Raceway on the dirt. So Tony Stewart picks up the win. No one's surprised by that. What everybody might be surprised by is who the second place finisher was. And the third place finisher was Haley Deegan was second. She ran second for most of the race. And I can't remember the guy. I think his name is Tony France Jr. Pick, uh, was third. And he's never raced on dirt in his life. Um, but remember last week when I told you that the SRX cars are going to throw off kind of like how the truck series is going to be there? Do you remember that? Yeah. Last week? yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not in my head like you guys can yeah. see me. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I kind of feel like that's going to be how it's going to be for the truck series. Um, and I got to say, I don't, I don't really like it. Um, wasn't a whole lot of passing on the outside. I mean, you could get the outside groove working, um, but the bottom was predominantly the line. Um, so I kind of feel that's how the trucks are going to be. I hope not. Um, but we'll, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, the local hero, Brian Brown, he had a, a couple couple spin outs, but he's never raced in anything other than an open wheel car. So, you know, we got to give it to him on that one. But what do you think about uh, Haley Deegan running second to smoke? I think it's awesome. I mean, I, I think that Haley is uh, kind of been quiet this year in the truck series, learning that uh, she has been progressing. Um but I don't think anyone's really, I think everyone thought she was going to come in and light the world on fire. But um, being honest, that, that team she's with is not, you know, a top tier truck team. So she's yeah. not in the best equipment. But um, I thought it, it kind of showed that she's got talent. And, you know, one of her K&N wins did come on dirt. So I don't think it's all that surprising. Um, that's an awesome, awesome thing for the sport to see her progressing like that to show some talent yeah i think uh i think when she gets to tracks for the second time i think she's gonna have a better experience than she had the first time i mean like we said everybody's got to remember everybody's going into these races except for very few of them they're going in with no practice or no laps on the track and when you're a rookie it's very hard coming in and nascar to do that so she's my favorite to win at eldora i think uh I think she's going to light it up at Eldora unless uh, smoke beats her again, but I don't know. We'll see what happens, but that's where they're at this weekend on Saturday, eight o'clock on CBS SRX tune in unless you're watching Lincoln speedway because speed week starts tomorrow with Williams Grove. So Pennsylvania speed week is going to be here 10 straight days of racing. I know you guys can't get enough of it because I can't, um, Six of them will be on flow. Two of them will be on dirt vision. And the other two, I think they're on racing boys. Um, if you want to keep up with them, but I'm going to see flow and dirt vision, but 10 straight days going to be outrageous. If you're looking for Kyle Larson and Christopher bell, they're going to run Monday, Tuesday for Christopher bell and Wednesday, Thursday, well, Monday through Thursday for Kyle Larson. 
So if you're looking for them guys, chances are Kyle Larson's going to win Monday through Thursday. We'll see because he literally wins everything. Um, but so we had some breaking news uh, just yesterday, which was pretty cool. But so Tim Schaefer was a Hall of Famer. Well, he just got inducted into the Hall of Fame this year. He was in the Hefner 72 car. Um, they won a couple races. I don't know if you remember me telling you that earlier in the year. Um, well, he is out of the car. And for the rest of the, the rest of the year, a driver, I believe he's 15 years old. His name's Devin Borden. He's out of Washington, the state of Washington. And let me tell you, this kid, I watched him in maybe his third race in a 410, and he was wheeling it. And he got a chance to run in the Hefner 27 this past week, and he lit the world on fire. He came from 21st to 8th. He came from 8th to 3rd. I mean, he was running the, the heck out of the car. So they rewarded him with an opportunity, and he's going to finish out the season in the Hefner 27, um, which I think is awesome. So it's kind of breaking news with Schaefer out and Gordon in, but I'm really looking forward to see how this kid's going to run. I, I hope he does really well. Yay! So I'm going to um, – we're going to move on to, uh, to Cup stuff, NASCAR side of things. Um, and I got to admit, I was wrong. I am loving the soundboard right now. I gotta get better. <laughs> um, no, I was, I was, I was very, very, very wrong, and I don't think I'm the only one. Nashville ended up being a very, very good weekend. Uh, Depends on how you look at it. Well. <laughs> Kyle Larson stunk up the show, but there was great racing behind him. So. Yeah, the, the the race, I mean, it, really, I've been very critical of Formula One about, um, you know, the battle for the, the win is a terrible race, but then everything from, you know, third on back a lot of times is, is pretty decent. Um, that's kind of how NASCAR's turned out to be the last few weeks. But, you know, all three races were were good. Saturday and Sunday were both dominated by one guy who kind of checked out, but that, that was, I was very impressed. Um, I'm not sure if the resin that they put on the track was by luck or by design, um, but it produced good racing. The, the groove widened out. You could pass, you could get uh, up through the field, you know, it's, and it's always tough to pass at this level. It's, that's never going to go away, but you know, the cream seemed to rise to the crop, uh, to the top, to the top. Um, it, to, to me, it blew my mind away. Uh, I asked some guys who went to the track. Now you gotta remember, I, I've been in Nashville back before they left and it was, it, it was, it was just a crap hole. It was terrible. Like it, it just looked like you were in a quarry. Um, you know, the racetrack itself wasn't horrible, but the, the area around it was just terrible. But I talked to a lot of guys who went to the track. They said it was a beautiful area, um, beautiful facility. There's a big Amazon um, distribution center nearby. And because of that, the area is really nice. Uh, the track looked, I mean, you, you heard it from a lot of people. The track was pristine. It was like we had been there last year. Like we had never left. So A plus for, for Nashville um, turn around. This this really flipped my image of this from a track that I was dreading for us to go, and I don't think we should ever go to. To uh, as far as tracks between a mile and two miles, I think that <laughs> I think that this is probably one of our better tracks now. It to me is. I know we're not going to Chicago anymore. We're not going to Kentucky anymore. But I think it's easily surpassed them. It's surpassed. Uh, Kansas, Charlotte, um, Texas, uh, almost Atlanta, not quite. <laughs> Atlanta has the, the tire degradation that really works for it. But it, as far as an intermediate goes, um, this worked really well. And guess what? The 750 package seemed to be successful uh, at this track. So maybe we need Let's to take notes and run Let's that more it. often. 
Uh, I, I don't, I don't know what they need. So you could tell the guys were having a handful going through the corners. We had natural cautions. Yeah. Um, how many, how many brake failures did, did they have? I can, I can allude to some of that. <laughs> uh, some, some people went with an intermediate style brake package and some people went with a short track package. And it turns out that because these straightaways are so long, the, the uh, corners are so narrow and it's shorter than a mile and a half. It's a mile and a third. So it's kind of like, I always compared it to Kentucky, but it's Kentucky and shrunk. So, yeah. you know, you, you go fast down the straightaways and then you got to jam on the brakes to get it to turn because the corners are so tight. So um, it really, the guys who succeeded ran short track stuff. And, you know, that it's, just think of it as a big short track. It's a better short track than Richmond is, in my opinion. It, it was a better version of that. So, because yeah. um, Richmond, so this is starting to change my mind. In my opinion, and I know that there's a lot of it that has to go on with the, the ownership of the racetracks. We should be going to Richmond once a year and then go to Iowa in, on the other weekend. Now, that, that logistically makes a little bit less sense because it's so far away and Richmond's fairly close. But I, I'm almost getting to the opinion where one time at each racetrack, except maybe, you know, you talk about Daytona, Talladega, tracks that are really, really popular. And maybe we don't need to go to any of these other places twice. Bristol would be another one I'd say go to twice. Except for Dover. <laughs> I, I, I still want to go to Dover twice. So, but, but let's get, I guess, I'm not sure I was in the picture anymore. So I think when Nashville Fairgrounds comes around, we need to substitute uh, one Richmond for Nashville Fairgrounds. But we don't need to I be agree. going anything over a mile. We don't need to be going to twice. It's just yeah, not I agree like, do we need to go to Kansas twice? I don't no. think so. Do we need to go to Texas twice? I don't think so. Even yeah. Phoenix, like Phoenix is, is, Okay, but they <laughs> Phoenix used to be a really good race and they kind of just kept messing up, messing up. And now it's like, eh, you know. But but Phoenix is more about like like they have to run the PJ one there now. So yeah, because like, they kept messing it up. Watch a yeah. race from there before they put the tunnel in that's now in at the exit of turn two. Um, old turn four. They used to yeah. come in across the back stretch. And so that like where the start finish line is now, that was a narrow exit of a corner. Right. And I, I don't know that it gave it a better short track feel. Um, and before, you know, they paved all that area where the grass used to be, you couldn't cut down through there. So the groove was much, much more narrow. I think yeah. it makes good race, good restarts. But after that, it's kind of like, meh, they just kept trying. It's like Bristol. They just kept trying to fix it. And it was like, dude, it was fine. Just, he should have let it the way it was. It was yeah. never wrong. Now I know like the tunnel, putting the tunnel in was, was fine. You need that because you couldn't get out. If there was, if you wrecked on lap two, you couldn't get out, but we did, <laughs> man, we did not need to open that track up anymore. It was perfect the way it was. Yeah. So, but in my opinion, I'm getting to the point, like we've started taking some race races away from places. You know, if we're going to Dover once, if we're going to Pocono once, even though it's a doubleheader, we don't need we don't need to be going to a lot of these racetracks twice. You know, maybe our big sellers is like like I said, are um, Daytona's or Talladega's, Bristol's, Martinsville's, and that's that might be it. You know what I mean? Like that's that we don't need to do any more than that. Um, but I was I was really impressed with the product at Nashville. I'm interested to see when we go back next year if it's the same thing. Now that everyone's had a year to kind of get figured out uh, if it'll still be as good or if it'll kind of go back. Cause no one's going to go back there with intermediate brake packages. They're all going to go back with short track brake packages. So you're not going to see that, uh, that kind of brake failures again. Yeah. And that's, and that's just it. The first one was so much hype. They did everything they could to make it like a very good race. Now, when they come back next year, are we going to get the same thing? is it going to turn into nap car you know what i mean like yeah. we, we get the package wrong or you know something's just not right it's not working out right and 
you have the same product you've had on the other mile and a half. Yeah. But in my opinion, if we still, if we have two thirds of the race we did there, it's still going to be better than a lot of the other mile and a half. Yeah. Um, so even with Kyle Larson, Dominic, that, that dude is just on another level right now. I don't know. I, I don't want to say that they're cheating because everyone's cheating. Like the, just face that everyone's well, using ingenuity to, to, to cheat the system somehow, like they're leaning on the edge. And if that, that's the case, they're just doing it better right now. They just have a better product, but the other Hendrick so, cars have been stupid strong, but he has been by far the best of them. So I seen a rumor and I want to know if it's true. I, I seen a rumor that said that Joe Gibbs's team requested NASCAR look over the Hendrick cars because they have so much more speed and Apparently NASCAR granted them that request, but still found nothing illegal on the car. I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it. Um, I, I don't know if it's actually true, um, but I'm kind of interested to see if it is. But I mean, here again, if NASCAR looks at it even closer and they still can't find anything wrong. I mean, hey, NASCAR fans, just to let you know, us sprint car fans watched him do this all last year. 44 races of this man utter domination he would come from the back he would if he started up front it was over if he started in the back you got a show and 44 feature wins last year not all in sprint cars some in late models um some in midgets but 44 races last year he won so him to come over here to nascar us sprint car fans are looking at you guys in nascar saying hey guess what we told you it was coming because he did it all last year so yeah um I, I, my question is how long they can keep this up because the chevys are super op this year like that's that has just been fact all the chevys have been better than they were last year and sometimes they're you know a lot of times nascar ends up issuing some kind of correction just because you don't want to see one manufacturer dominate the entire year but look at us last year with kevin look at denny last year for all the way up into the chase no one could touch us. I think between the two of us, we had like 18, 19 wins, something ridiculous. It was, it was a lot. Um, and then in, in the chase, you know, we each got a couple wins. Denny, I think Denny got one, which was kind of controversial at Talladega. But other than that, like at, deeper we got in the chase, the more us and the 11s started to kind of phase out. And then, you know, we didn't make the cha the championship round. Denny barely made it. Matter of fact, like, he, we would have, I think, bumped him out had the spin of Kyle, of Kyle Busch gone a little bit better. Um, it's hard to, to maintain this pace all the way through to the end of the year. You're, you're definitely right it is. But with the pace he's on right now, he's almost locking himself in on points already. He has so many playoff points already built up. He has 32 right now. And, I mean, if he really keeps up this pace until the quote-unquote regular season is over, I mean, he could have all but 50 playoff points by that the time it starts. And, I mean, he could make it almost to the last round just by showing up to the track. Yeah. Um, my, I'm, what I'm saying is, like, can you keep this mojo going all the way to Phoenix? Like, Denny yeah. had the same thing. Like he was dominating, winning stages, winning races. And he exclusively got through to the end just on those stage points. Because if he didn't have them, he would have not made it. He wouldn't even been close. So, but then, you know, they got to Phoenix and, and the 11 wasn't fast. They just weren't that good. They weren't good for most of, of the chase. So it's like, you know, does Kyle Larson get to Phoenix and, and limp in? And now we've seen people limp in and then show speed on the final race. But, you know, I'm talking about Kyle Busch a couple of years ago. He was not yeah. hung. All, he did the same thing, dominated regular season, should not have made it to the championship round based on his chase stats, and then made it in and went and won the race. So um, we'll just have to see. Time will tell. 
But man, right now he's in his own zip code. He's not even in the same zip code with the other Hendrick guys. But but just to show you how good the Chevys are running, Ross Chastain second place. Yeah, that was that'd be a big deal if he if he can sneak one off. He's been running a lot better. He has. Um, been. Other than that fiasco that Ganassi had in Sonoma, they have been looking a lot better. Oh yeah, definitely. He's been working his way up each and every week. So, and there's, again, those Chevys are better. And Ganassi doesn't even have the best stuff. Like, they're not, in my opinion, they're not a top-tier team. And then no. <laughs> it shows how well Kyle Larson did to, to be able to do what he did at Ganassi with that equipment. Yeah, and, it, and I just feel like the way Chevy is right now, I feel like the longer we, like, the longer the run goes, the more the Chevys come to the front. Mm-hmm. It's just the way it looks. When they go on a very long run, all of Hendricks usually four of the top five. Um, and Ganassi starts coming up through. Um, and, you know, a couple other players come up through. You got RCR coming up through. Um, Dylan's been running up front a lot. Even Reddick has had the worst case of luck sometimes this year. And he's still coming up through. So, and even with, with Trackhouse, them being – a new team, I mean, they still run top 15 almost every year. They have no excuse to be running as good as they are. It's phenomenal what they've been doing. Right. So, I mean, the Chevys definitely are running great. Not that I'm complaining because I'm a Chevy guy. You're a Chevy guy. Um, But like you said, with Larson, own zip code. I mean, at least for now, you know, until other teams catch up to what they're doing. I mean, I, I still feel like if, if you put Kyle Larson and Stuart Haas, I still feel like he has at least a win. Possibly. And that, Possibly. That, just goes, that just goes back to what he's done with Ganassi when yeah. they weren't as good and he still took a car that could be a 10th place car and would finish second or third. <sighs> so, yeah, it's just insane what they're doing right now. And they're very likely to go and sweep this weekend as well in Pocono. So, but you know what, as dominant as they have been, still not as dominant as Kyle in the Xfinity series, that 54 car does not belong in the, there's no way. It's ridiculous. It doesn't matter who gets in the car. It's, it's stupid fast. Yeah. It's, but you know, Kyle has his handful of races. Hopefully, he said when he gets to 100 wins, congratulations to him, but for the love of God, just retire, man. Oh, God. I love I love some of those guys coming down and bushwhacking, or like they used to call it. I don't know how you call it now, like Xfinity whacking or something like that. Yeah, there's just... It's great, but Kyle is just like... When Kyle runs, it's like, okay, who's going to finish second? Like, it's it's ridiculous. So yeah, there's not as many cup cars, though, or cup guys that go down to the bush series anymore. Well, there's not at one time there's not there's not a reason to as much because the cars are so different right so but man it's just like even when they do kyle's just that that whatever car he's in is just super op and he's a very talented driver i'm not saying that it's he's only winning because he's in the best car but it it, it is clearly the best car by far not even close listen we can revert back to the conversation that we talked about with the baseball player putting him on steroids and letting yeah. him go for home runs. I mean, you, you put Kyle Bush in a car that's the strongest car. It's, it's the same thing you're going to get with Kyle Larson. Uh, it's you're going to get utter domination, and that's what he shows. And then in the truck series, how about Ryan Priest? I didn't, you know, I didn't get to watch it. I that was the trucks were there, so I was very upset I didn't get to see it. But I heard that he picked up the win, so that's yeah. good for him. That was really cool. That was really cool to see him. You know, he's he's in that JTG car, and I think it's like, it shows that, hey, man, this kid's got talent if if you put him in some good stuff. You know, and, and JTG, I, th- I think we can agree, is not a premier Chevy team. Um, and, man, he has had some terrible luck. So it was really cool to see him pull one out. But, hey, Ricky Stenhouse, top ten finish. Yeah. Ran up in second, top five most of the day. That that boy, he's fine. I think he's better now than he was at Roush. I think at Roush he felt some pressure to run yeah. good. I think he's he's kind of being able to to just 
do his thing now. Yeah, in, in my opinion, he's. I think he might be in line, maybe a Ganassi or something like that, um, to move move on. Because if he puts, if he gets in a little bit better of equipment, or you know, if he'd be in a Hendrick car, I feel like he'd be doing the same thing. Because I feel like he gets the short end of the stick by you know everybody yeah. calling him Ricky Stenhouse or you know whatever. But I mean, he races hard. He has a lot of passion, and I, I think he's a lot better than it comes off as. I would really like to see how he would have done in the Roush stuff this year because it is better. Yeah. So, um, all right. So, moving on from Nashville, yeah, I was super impressed. Uh, I was totally wrong about it. Changed my mind. I'm interested to see how it evolves over the next few years. And I still want to see us go to the fairgrounds, but it, it, it just do not, do not add any seats to that place allow it to be what it is, keep selling it out the way it is, in my opinion. Um, yeah, I agree. That's, I think this is why Nashville will work because it didn't have max seating capacity. So let's leave it as it is, and let's just see how it goes. Give it a few years <laughs> and bring back another race at Dover. <laughs> yeah. Um, so a uh, couple other news stories. So uh, Colling officially names that they're moving up to Cup. That's a big deal. Um, GMS has announced their move to Cup as well. So this is interesting. On one hand, I have complete faith in Colling. I think that they have done the right things. Um, I've watched them go from being, basically, they were aligned with uh, TriStar in the Xfinity Series. Uh, that's when Blake Cup was driving the eight car there. Um, yep. And then they went and did their own thing. Uh, they've gotten better drivers over time. They have had a lot of success. Um, I was not surprised that they moved Tiffs in instead of Al Almendinger. Almendinger doing the part-time role. Um, that Tommy, doesn't surprise me. Out. Are you talking about Haley? Yes. What did I say? Tiff. H yeah, Haley. Haley, sorry. Not Matt Tiff. Not, not Matt Tiff. He's, he's still – boy, that boy's still out. Um, so I'm not surprised – that they're moving Haley up. That always seemed to me like the, the one that they were going to go with. Um, and then bringing Almondinger in for certain races, especially the road course races with this new car, the super speedway races where they've been so successful. I think that if there's any team that's going to come up and have success fairly quick, quickly, it'll be college racing. Yeah. Um, I don't have a lot of faith in GMS right now. And I'm gonna tell you why. Go look at all the races this year on their trucks and tell me how many plain white trucks they have. A lot. Or or when Chevy sponsoring uh, Sheldon Creed, that's usually not really a funded car. Yeah. Not fully funded for the race. It's, it's minor funding at best. Um, so I don't have a lot of faith in them because I don't have a lot of faith in them be able, being able to lock down primo sponsorship their best bet is to get a guy like zane smith who has money but i think zane needs to go to xfinity racing before he needs to go cup racing so um i'm 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 patiently watching gms but i have complete faith in in calling i think that they're going to do well yeah i don't think gms has been as strong as they have been the past couple of years either no. no um but I think I think with this new car, it's it's good to see new people coming in. Now, that what is really exciting is even if GMS is having struggles with finding sponsorship, what this is going to do with this charter system is it may displace some of these back markers with yeah. with these teams that you know Junior is talking about moving to Cup. So let's talk about potentially we'll have uh, Junior Motorsports, GMS, College Racing move up and, and uh 2311 getting a, another charter for a second team and track house is going to have to get one because they're leasing one that colleague yep. just bought so um this could potentially displace some of the rick wares some of the starcoms some of the uh those back running teams that won't have charters anymore maybe it'll, it will a fill the field like we're used to with 40 to 43 cars. Um, I don't think that that's quite so important anymore. 
Um, but I think that that having 36 quality cars or, or you know, better quality cars, not having these cars that are getting lapped every three laps, yeah. I think it's going to be a better product for the sport. I think that that ultimately is going to be better for the sport than some of the guys that have charters now. So this is very promising looking, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree 100%. I, I think it'll be very interesting. And I mean, just, just for, since you brought up Junior possibly going to Cup, obviously we haven't heard anything. We've heard talks about it. Who do you think their driver would be? Allgaier. That that was kind of my my safe assumption too, but I, I kind of feel like Allgaier is in a good place where he's at. I kind of feel like it'd be Noah Gregson. I could see that. I could see that. Um, so long as he gets funded, which Noah seems to be in with the Bass Pro people pretty well. Um, that and Black Rifle Coffee. Black Rifle Coffee. So uh, I, th I think that, yeah, that, that's always a possibility. Um, Justin's a known commodity, and he was, <laughs> when he was in Cup, he, he was not with a good team. Yeah. So um, I can see it going either way. Uh, it just depends on if you're going for the youth or the experience, which Justin's still not that old. So no. you could really go either way as whoever has funding. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm still – interested to see if they do make that move because basically junior motorsports is like hendrick motorsports Xfinity team yeah it's like so. the hendrick team so it'd be it'd be very interesting to see that's for sure yeah um and last bit of information uh that just broke uh jeff gordon moving out of the fox sports booth to be vice president at uh hendrick motorsports basically next in line to succeed uh Rick Hendrick, when he steps away, this has been coming for a really, really long time. Yeah. Um, and I think you're going you're gonna to start seeing this with a lot of organizations. You're going to see this potentially with Roush and Brad Keselowski a little bit. Um, you're going to see this with uh, Penske and Tim Sindrick. Uh, you're going to see that some teams making these kind of transitions because our ownership group is fairly old. So... Uh, and I think this is a good move because I'm going to be totally honest with you. Everyone who criticized Daryl Waltrip for talking over Jeff Gordon, um, I was pretty critical of Jeff this year in the way he was and how good Clint Boyer, I think how good Clint Boyer was doing his job. Um, I was very critical of Jeff and, and some of the things he was doing in the booth. I think this is a smart move. It's a longevity move for him. Uh, I'm just interested to see who they move into to the booth next year for Fox. Yeah, that was that was gonna kind of be my question. Who's gonna step in in at Fox now? Um, I, I kind of have an idea. Um, I mean, it'd probably be a crazy jump off the start for her, but I would have to say maybe Jamie Little. You know, Jamie does a great job, but she's such a good pit reporter. I don't want to I don't want to limit her because she's very talented. But man, if you if you take her out of the pit. How do you replace her? Um, you, but you, I can you know. see that. I can see that. Bring Christavota back. Put yeah. her in the pits then too. Whatever. But you yeah. know who? You know who else really, really needs to be brought back in one organization or the other is Alan Bestwood. That oh, yeah. is uh, he. He he's just good. Glad he's. It's good to see him back with SRX. SRX got him, and it's we we need to have him back. He's just too talented to not be working. Yeah. So every everybody loved hearing that, but I mean, I gotta say, if uh, if this Jeff Gordon news was a surprise to anybody, um, open your eyes. Doing... <laughs> What's that? Open your eyes. Yeah, because I mean, it's clearly. I honestly thought Gordon was already in that spot, especially at the beginning of the season. You heard. You know, Byron, you heard Larson, you heard Bowman. When they won their races, they were like, you know, I got to thank Hendrick and Jeff Gordon. And for, I don't know if anybody paid attention to that or if it just went right over their head, but I mean, Jeff Gordon was a huge player in getting Kyle Larson there. He, you know, he brought Jimmy Johnson in all those years ago. I mean, he's, 
literally been the the golden child at Hendrick since he was hired there back when he first started. And if you did not see this coming, you must have been under a rock or you just haven't watched NASCAR in forever. Yeah. So. But it's uh, a very good one. Yeah. So we'll see who, who they bring in next year. I'm just hoping that they don't sucker Harvick into it, take him away from us. That would uh, that would kind of suck. I don't but. I don't think Harvick's ready yet. And 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 this could just be me talking, but there's been a lot of rumors that they think Haley Deegan is going to be the one to take over for Harvick. Um, uh. Yeah, I haven't heard like official. It's just you know people, you know locker room talk talking yeah. about it. Um, but the only, the, the way you look at it is Tony Stewart has been, you know, kind of working with Haley Deegan on certain things and her being an SRX is just another thing for her to try out for. Um, so, you know, she's already on Ford. She was on Toyota. They, they left Toyotas. She's on Fords now. So, I mean, it wouldn't be a total shocker. It's obviously not going to be, you know, this year, not going to be next year definitely not going to be the year after that but it could definitely be in the works i'd say if if that was going to come to fruition which i haven't heard anything internally just nothing whatsoever i'd right. say that you'd have to uh to put her in an xfinity car first and oh, uh, riley is is on for i think uh two years two maybe three so um well, he's He's definitely got to step his game up, though, because yeah. that car has not been running. Frisco. That is, but that has been like kind of the organization this year, so yeah. it's just been a down year. So we'll see how that goes. But um, I'm not saying that having Haley on would be a bad thing. I mean, two monster sponsorships for Xfinity car. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll see how things go. Wouldn't be a bad thing. I don't. So uh, let's wrap this up. Let's move on to Pocono, the one doubleheader of the year. So uh, here's my opinion on the doubleheaders. I think that they're great. I think it's amazing to have more racing rather than have, you know, 16 qualifying, so qualifying practice sessions leading up to one race. Um, it makes it better for the fans. You give them two races in one day. Last year, we had three races in one day. It's hard on the, the guys who work it, but it's great for the fans to be able to see so much. Here's my one problem that I have with the, uh, the double headers. We literally use the same cars. <laughs> and I know they invert the field, but over the course of a 300, 400, 500 mile race, however long we're doing these for, the, the best car shows up. So I'm going to give you an example. Um, last year, we ran a double header at uh, Pocono. One of the races, Hamlin won. One of the races, Kevin won. We won. In the uh, in, So one race, we, fi we finished one, two in both races. One Hamlin won, one we won. The other times we finished second, they finished second. Um, went to Michigan. Kevin won both races. In the Xfinity Series, went to uh, uh, Kentucky. Austin Sindrick, or it might have been Kansas. Austin Sindrick won both races. Uh, th this was pretty much a standard thing across all the double headers last year is the one truck would go and win. And the, if it didn't win the next race, it was always the same players. And it, it looked like the exact same race. So I don't know how we need to handle that, but in my opinion, we need to do something a little bit different between the two races. And I suggested like, why don't we run it one way, like normal way on, Saturday in reverse on Sunday. I was told that that wouldn't be smart because then the drivers are exposed to the wall side. But you know, I heck at Pocono, run the tri the triangle one day, run the road course the next day. Yeah, I can see that. I, I think we just somehow, some way, we need to do something a little bit different. Like heck, the the long pond straightaway and the front straightaway are long enough at Pocono. Put a little chicane in there. Why not? <laughs> no, I, I got a better idea to really throw things for a loop. Why not run it the normal way one day and run it backwards the other day? Well, that's what I said. But what I was told is that when you run with like left-hand turns, 
the drivers are exposed to the wall side. So if they wreck or if they blow a tire, they go straight into the and impact the side of the wall that they're on. But I'm going to tell you, I, I, I agree with you to a degree, but turn one at Pocono don't care. Yeah. How many times have you seen them spin hundred spin all the way around and back it in left rear first? Yeah. So I um, think they I hit a little bit more in turn one than almost anywhere else. Yeah. So I I just think we need to do something just a little bit different between the two days. I don't know. Maybe maybe we need to prepare uh, two cars. Maybe we need to prepare a uh, a seven fifty package and a five fifty package and run. One package one day, one package the other. I don't know, but it it the races look too similar. The the same cars end up being good. Um, Dover was another example uh, last year. We were in double header, and it was the same cars. We're good. So uh, I think we need to change that up just a little bit, and it would be a very very good product, especially at Pocono. It ends up being a really really good deal to just go and knock two races out at once. I think we could do that more often. We could get more races in in the year. Um, forget this practice crap, man. Let's do more racing. Well, I got some sort of good news for you. Okay. So for this coming weekend, Saturday has a 40% chance of rain. So it's not above 50 and Sunday has a 23% chance. So <laughs> knock on wood, they shouldn't get rained out. Seeing how it tends to rain at Pocono every time. Oh my God, okay. dude. Pokemon is one of my favorite racetracks, but yeah, there's been so many times we've been rained out and I, I've had to just drive back home all the way from Pocono because I had to be back at work on Monday. Like, ah, yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. Especially when we would go up there on a Sunday or, you know, up there on a Saturday and it would just keep getting pushed back and keep getting pushed yeah. back and keep getting yeah. pushed back. That, oh hey, they're they're canceling it. They're gonna run it tomorrow morning, and we're like, oh yeah. So the, my, the, I love Pocono. It's been good to me. It's the only terrain track I've ever won twice on. Um, but I did plan on proposing to my wife. We, the plan was to leave Pocono, drive down Ocean City, Maryland. I was gonna propose at the inlet that night, and it rained out. So Pocono has been very good to me. And at other times, it's been kind of like, hey hey, f you, man. Hey, what do you mean? You got to propose to her at a seafood place? It was, it I, did, I did, I did, I did, I did. So, made it made it work. So, speaking of which, today is my 14th anniversary with Jen, of since me and her started dating. Yeah. So, that's that's a long time, man. Yeah. Wouldn't change it. Wouldn't change any part of it. So, Jordan, let me hear your uh, pick for Pocono. Who do you got? For which day? Both. We already established the the same car is going to run good. <laughs> Um, well, I'm going to go with, uh, I I'm going to say Ryan Blaney. Oh, that's a good pick. That's a good pick. Um, everyone I pick, you know, I've been on, I've been kind of on fire, you know? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I've been doing pretty well, you know, picking Kyle Larson and picking, uh, <laughs> Chase Elliott a couple of times. I've done pretty darn well. So let's see here. Who haven't I picked yet? Uh, I mean, you can pick Kyle Larson every week and you're going to finish in the top five. Yeah, but I try to, to not pick the same guys every week. I um, think we should I think we should start making a list and keep track of who we're picking every week. That would be you know, like DVC does with their picks. Yeah. So, hey, I'm winning so far. I promise you that. Uh, yeah. I'm going to go with the 22. I knew it. I have a I feeling. I have a feeling. I was gonna say you should pick Joey Logano. I yeah. just I had, it. I had nothing to do. That had nothing to do with you picking Blaney. It, well, did you see me sitting over here? Like I, I wanted to say it. Like you should probably pick Logano, and I was like, I don't want to say nothing because I don't want to jinx Logano because you had a, a jinxing streak there for a while. But I did. In case anybody's wondering, I'm a huge Kyle Larson fan. I love Chevy, but I'm a huge Joey Lego fan. So I know everybody hates him, and maybe that's why I like him. But <laughs> all right, all right. Well, Jordan, we'll uh, wrap this up. You got anything else uh, to leave us on? Um, yeah, the first white marlin and blue marlin were caught in Ocean City. First cobia too. Yeah. 
Yeah. Just so, in, just in case anybody was curious. Someone told me that they went uh, were going fishing a couple weeks ago. I asked them what they went. They were said they were going for tuna. Then they when I asked, this is back when I got back from being away for Zach's birth. Came back and asked them, hey, how'd it go? Oh, we just stayed inland and, and fished for like flounder. It was too windy. Okay, what how much did you catch? Oh, we just caught some flounder with like eight pounds. Eight, eight pounds. That's not that's not a little deal. No. I call bull. Yeah. No, yeah. you lie. Or you know yeah. what you're talking about. Don't try yeah. to sneak one past me on that. I was I was immediately like, no. Yeah. That's so. why I was like, wait. Eight eight pounds of flounder, like they they call multiple flounder or one flounder that was eight pounds, just one. So, yeah. All right, um, let's let's wrap this thing up so we can all uh, get to bed. And... So let's uh, well, I'm going to bed. Boy, got work in the morning. Yeah, I don't. We'll catch you later. Thanks for listening. Later. <laughs>